Huh. So it's about that time again, man. So we gonna do this? Kenobi! <laughs> You're funny. But I, I get I, it, though. I, I gotta I, be emotionally I, prepared for the intro. I gotta make jokes. <laughs> I gotta figure out how that's gonna go. I still gotta, <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking... Of, I was, it's funny how now I'm all calculated now. Now I'm thinking like, Huh, that intro, it doesn't have a good punch to it. I'm trying to like So okay, so it's, here's it's so subtle. It's so subtle. I need I need I need some kick in there. How can I fix it? I was, you you want <laughs> kick. Okay, so here's the funny thing. So yeah. Sam Whitweir. Yeah, I like him. So in the animated one of the animated series, like, you know, he's Darth Maul's obsessed with Kenobi. And mm-hmm. so he has this whole bit that he does where it's like thinking about kenobi and he just builds up to this giant kenobi and he did it like as a bit at the celebration because the crowd specifically requested it and it's like an 11 on the intensity scale so if you want to like edit that in as we're talking about (laughs) obi-wan kenobi You, you had too much fun with that, and it was always hilarious because it would just be like, you just sort of forget, and then right. it would be like, gotcha, ha. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself, like, to the point where I was even, like, when we'd be talking, I'd be like, yeah, that'd be a good place to put it. So I'd be multitasking, you know, trying to keep it in my head, like, okay, this is where I want it to be, but... Even with the last one, when we were talking about the Book of Bubba Fett, which was kind of, you know, it was a bumpy one. I really, truly enjoyed our conversations. And that's what really took it to another level for me. And really just, you know, I was coming back for the conversation. You know, like I said, the the show would flux on how good it was. But as far as us getting together and catch enough oh, and, and I, I ranting listened, i listened back to our <laughs> own episodes and i was like is this narcissistic or is it just this good <laughs> i'm like man we have so much fun and the conversation is so cool that it's like i don't care how good the show is i just like our banter and our back and forth and stuff i think it's great so because somebody was talking about they didn't finish getting through the show and so they wanted to listen to the podcast but they wanted to wait until they watched the show but then they lost interest in the show i'm like you need to watch us anyway listen to us yeah. anyway it's it's gonna be more entertaining than that show and it was funny because it was just like we were hopeful on the first one and we got to talking and then it was like, we kind of came to realization on the second episode. And then it was just like, you know what? <laughs> it was acceptance from the third episode on. Right. Just, hey, third episode was like, they're right. not going to deliver. Right, right, right. And it was like the slim sliver of hope of like, maybe, maybe they're going to do something clever and brilliant. And like, right. then and we're like, no. Then we're no. like, we run out of road. We run out of road. Okay. How many episodes we got left? Okay. Well, maybe we have, you know, we're just, we were really trying to work it out for them. And it was just so funny because like, we never dogged it, but we also was realistic on our feelings of the episode. And I think that says a lot. Cause some people would be like, it's the greatest show ever regardless because it's blah, blah, blah. No, right. we called it as we saw it. We was trying to give it ways out and it didn't take those ways. So. And the thing is, is like, I, I see this a lot of time, like people talking about, 
a toxic Star Wars fandom. Right, right. Is like I mean, the easy stuff to qualify is the, the stuff that's just like racist, you know, phobic, whatever you want. Like all yeah, that yeah. sort of crap is just, yeah, automatic. That's mm-hmm. fuck them. I don't even consider them fans. It's like right. it's like people that are upset about Star Trek being woke. It's like, did you ever watch fucking Star Trek? Yeah. But anything that gets too far and they're like, it's just all trash to, oh, it's perfect. It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You can be like, most of it's perfect. It quibbles. Or it's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of problems. But I like these two parts. Like, that's a valid form of criticism. Yeah. And it doesn't mean the whole conversation nowadays seems to get so, so out of whack where it's like, yeah, I didn't really like the show. It had more issues than it had positives, da, 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 da. Yeah. And some people are like, don't shit on the thing I love. I'm like, you can still watch it. Like, yeah. do I have to throw in that caveat every time there's something I don't like? You you still get to like it? Cool. Have fun. Yeah. Hey, there's a thing I liked. I think it was great. Uh, you don't have to agree. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away <laughs> from you. It's I, just I think an that nuance. Yeah. Right? And it's just <laughs> that nuance doesn't work well online. And I think that mostly just has to do with the way the algorithm with engagement work and stuff mm-hmm. that's upsetting mm-hmm. gets promoted so yeah. stuff that's contentious gets more eyeballs whereas the stuff where it's like i'm going to explain the one thing i didn't like in this episode but i'm going to do it with 10 minutes of caveats first yeah. mm-hmm. like that doesn't make it around like that's that's honestly the type of critique that i look for <laughs> sometimes yeah. like okay dude can we skip the caveats like i get it we're on the same page i know mm-hmm. you're trying to minimize people coming at you because you didn't <laughs> acknowledge this and you didn't acknowledge that and it's like everything now has to come with like five minutes of like look this is just my opinion you right like it? it's just... you didn't like it cool that's fine i'm just pointing out the things that i'm seeing yeah i think we come from an honest place and the reason why i know that we must have done that because when i listen back on it as well i don't feel weird about it you know how sometimes stuff just be heavy and and just kind of rot and when you go back to it, you just feel like just a contention versus it's just a legitimate conversation. And I think people will go back to it later on and be like, huh, that's interesting. We'll actually be able to help people work out their feelings about it because we actually take time to work out our right? feelings about it. Not that and, we just didn't like that and that's it. And there's no hill to die on. Right, right. Exactly. So we're back again for another one. Tonight I'm with Star Wars extraordinaire, super fan, super geek, Jedi dad. <laughs> I got the shirts backing that up. Aiden, Ryan is your father. Got one that has a Yoda on it and just says Yoda best dad. That's horrible. <laughs> How you doing, brother? I live. I survived COVID and came out the other side more or less intact. All right. All right. Good to see your face. I'm glad you're you're doing better and everybody's doing better. Glad to have you back. Um, glad to have you here to talk about a show that was on our list of uh, shows to talk about in the future. And at first we were trying to guess on when it was going to be released or when we were going to get a trailer or when we were going to get oh, yeah. more information. And here we are. What was it? Three or four episodes in and we're going to talk about the first three. I can't I believe they're only six. I know. Now, and the concerns that we would have had at this point uh-huh. in Boba Fett. Hey! 
of like there's only three episodes left <laughs> dear listeners if you haven't already go back and listen through our hot take reaction oh. to that hot mess yes <laughs> some good stuff there's some good stuff let me be very clear there's some yeah. good stuff in book of Boba fett yeah. but balancing the scales yeah <laughs> but kenobi is only six episodes long and we're already three episodes through and i'm like there has to be and i've already seen it it's greenlit for a second season oh, but right like first off i'm gonna do a lot of comparing and contrast with book book that. <laughs> i don't I, I just can't help it it's in my palette it is still in my palette Amen. it is my direct comparison for star wars so okay. go for, for the tv shows first off the cinematography mm-hmm. in kenobi is a hell of a lot better. There's still a couple bumpy bits where it's a little flat. But in the first two episodes, mm-hmm. which they, I think they released the same same day. Yes. Like there is way more every frames of painting in Kenobi than there is in Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, I feel like, was largely directed by Rodriguez, mm-hmm. which is very much his sort of you know, run and gun sort of shooting, yeah. right? That he's famous for, even though he's done all the Spy Kid stuff, he's worked with 3D and green screen for a lot. Yeah. But it very much felt of that style, and that's fine. But there were shots in Kenobi, and there was even with some of these shots, you're like, mm, the volume's a little off. Like they're not 3D green screen space, but they're LED dome. But there was more shots that were just evocative and there was more shots that were in their composition trying to convey meaning and tone and what characters were feeling Mm. like and you see some of them in the trailer like there's a a shot from behind of kenobi and it's sort of looking between two desert rocks and you see him sort of sitting with his back towards the camera and i think there's maybe the city off in the distance or it's just the, the open desert but it's like yeah we get it dude you are fucking alone yeah. right and they take the time within just a few minutes to really set that up so a lot of these shows you know will they got to do some sort of exposition dump they got to do some sort of setup mm-hmm. and so the amazing thing is is that very first episode they basically recap the prequels right which I loved they and it was so smooth yes it yes, was it so was. smooth i thought it was and the thing is they could have just been like look here's what you need to know right and just mm-hmm. laid that out but it turns out it's obi-wan dreaming essentially like building up to a nightmare of anakin dying yeah right and it's like oh that's fucking perfect because it's not just the audience is brought up to speed. It's like, oh, and we know exactly what he's thinking about. Yes. Right? Yes. We know who he's thinking about. He's trying to contact his dead master, Qui-Gon. It's not working yet. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. not going to work for a while. But, like, they really did a good job in these first two episodes of showing what 10 years of breakdown and as I've seen some people, like, he's probably got PTSD. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, now that tracks. Like, he really is Ben. He's not Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore. Right. 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 
and there's the, the fact that because we're going to talk about episodes one through three mm-hmm. you don't see him do any jedi stuff i think until episode three is the first time yeah. he even uses the force at all yep so he's kind of like what we see luke in uh the last jedi where he's kind of cut himself off i don't think he's cut himself off he's just not using in the force and not engaging with it i don't think he's gone quite as far as maybe luke has but he's just totally let that self that part of him go and it's impressive how much of that is just shown i think that's as opposed to told right i agree i agree do you feel you have an understanding like his like, reasoning and things like that? Now, now I understand like, you know, the whole stuff he went through with Anakin and all that. So you think that kind of explains why he is in the space that he's in? I think so. Yeah, okay. because okay. There, there's a couple, we're basically seeing someone 10 years after their entire worldview failed them. Mm. Right? And, right? And that's essentially the Jedi worldview right right he's also had to totally throw that lifestyle and identity away as well Mm -hmm. right he can't keep going around and we see this conflict build of acting like the hero jedi and going and fixing things and protecting people because his job is to sit on luke right anything that he does jeopardizes that yeah it's also a a little bit of a crutch because it gets to be sort of his excuse not to do anything Mm -hmm. right but the other big component is like he failed his best friend right you were my brother anakin right right? and part of that is anakin fucked up and you know did everything that he did and and that's a betrayal to obi-wan but obi-wan trained him it's his little brother essentially that he raised up and he fucked up right Right. in his head i'm sure he takes a huge chunk of that responsibility even though he knew he shouldn't be training them in the first place he because he was kind of fighting that in the first place like questioning why and we should not and you know there could be a problem so it's almost like to his father figure he made a promise. So yes, it's another layer I think to initially, that. initially for Obi-Wan, his entire thinking was Obi or Qui-Gon wanted this kid trained. Yes. I am going to train him out of obligation. And I think later yes. it's, ah, you're my little bro. Yes. Right. Yes. It, yes. it definitely evolves into their own relationship, but I think it is initially yes. sort of out of obligation. The recap was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. It really made me appreciate the scenes differently, seeing them cut that way, the little nuances. Even when Anakin was on the on the bike, speeder bike, and you see like he kind of, he's in light and he goes into like the shadow and the silhouette is of Dark Vader foreshadowing his future. So I was just like, man, that, okay. So it's amazing how sometimes when things are put in a different kind of light, how you appreciate the little nuances that you would have been lost while watching the movie. And so... I thought it was really neat to see, but you could tell from how this thing is shot that it's on a whole different level. Like the other ones really look like sets in comparison to this, because a lot of times in the other shows, 
how far they could walk, the distances they could walk, and uh -huh. things like that. You could tell they were kind of trapped if you kind of knew what to look for. This one, it felt worldly. You, you yeah, felt, you it felt, felt expansive. Every, yes, it did. It felt real, and um, it really adds to it. So it's directed by, I think her name is Deborah Chow. It felt like a movie. It looked like a movie. It had that, that vibe to it. I yes. loved it. Yeah. Writing was really strong. Yes. Um, I thought the other... The other thing I think it was pretty much in the, the first episode as well is I think this is the second live action outside of the Revenge of the Sith where we get to see Order 66 at the temple. All right. Because we saw it in Grogu's flashback. Yes. Right. Yes. He has his little flashback of like one corridor fight. Mm -hmm. But we also see another Order 66 go down in the temple. And, you know, there's a pod of younglings running away. Da, 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 yeah. da. And it's like, you know, part of me is like, oh, okay, we're seeing this. And then part of me is like, oh, this is some bad feels. Oh, like yeah. it, it's it's rough to watch. And I've, I've watched a couple of the other animated shows where you get to see other aspects of it. I think I watched a little bit of Bad Batch okay. know, a week or two ago. And, you know, Order 66, I think, is building... No, it happens. It happens right in the very first episode. Now, with this depiction, aside from it looked really good, I liked the fight choreography, was there anything that stood out to you in... Like the kids and what do we do? We run. That's the only thing that kind of, you know... Yeah, that's all they can do. Now, yeah, yeah. it's on that particular point because it's one of those kids is a little black girl with braids. I saw, oh, look at you. Okay. When I saw that, the way stuff has been on shows and stuff recently, mm -hmm. it's just like all this revisionist history in a way. Subtly. Like putting brown folks in places that I wouldn't have not seen them before. So I couldn't, so it's hard to tell when it's to try to write situations and be like, oh, mm -hmm. everybody was just, everybody was always there versus uh, Clue. <laughs> oh oh well or a possible clue you know that person might be there because that might mean something later on down the line i think it means something later in yeah. this episode because we get reva the inquisitor introduced yeah. and and in my mind i was like it, it like i tracked i tracked like okay okay what is a black girl okay cool. uh -huh. like didn't didn't think it'd be on it but uh -huh. i'm also i also know Reva's going to be the Inquisitor because I've seen the trailers, and I'm like, is that? That's 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 totally her. That's totally her. That's hundred percent her. I didn't I didn't realize that. I didn't think about that. Like I said, but I did see her. But like I said, sometimes when I see stuff now, it's hard to tell the purpose of things sometimes. So right. But that's a good catch. For dear listeners, <laughs> there's there's also <laughs> there's also a. Star Wars video game that came out, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, Fallen Order. And it follows a similar sort of plot point. It's again somewhere between the beginning of the Empire, Order 66, and New Hope. And the main character is again a Padawan that survived Order 66. But his primary antagonist, mm -hmm. through 99.9% .9 of the video game, is another padawan that was captured by the empire wow right and so the way it's set up is that the padawan's master got out and wasn't able to save her padawan right they basically turned her padawan while both of them were being 
interrogated, tortured by the Inquisitors. Right. And her Padawan becomes an Inquisitor. Her master basically flips the fuck out and goes on a dark side murder rampage and like kills her way out of the facility and escapes. And then mm. is like, ah, I can't touch the, I'm not going to touch the force anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Luke. I'm going to pull an Obi-Wan. I'm not going to use the force anymore. Right. But for the Padawan, like the whole thing that she's holding on to the rage that lets her go to the dark side her teacher broke her teacher didn't save her right that's the thing that carries her all the way right through to the end yeah and i think there could be a similar driver for reva okay right because her as well as a couple of the other inquisitors they're former padawans or former jedi right and so it's going to be very interesting i don't know if we're gonna get her full little backstory her mm -hmm. motivation her i want song yeah, yeah. of like why is she so angry right because with the inquisitors fear keeps you in line mm -hmm. but what is the anger that drives you right because right? fear only does so much and clearly she's enraged yeah. she's barely holding on with whatever is driving her and she seems to have a hate heart on for kenobi now either it's very personal or she thinks it's very personal or she's just like no 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 i'm gonna make daddy vader very happy yeah go after the person he seethingly hates right right it's very interesting and i didn't really watch the trailers just because i didn't want to know too much but i did see the first trailer for sure mm -hmm. and so i was almost surprised how much she was really in there and then also i liked how they kind of show her behavior in contradiction to the other inquisitors like yeah. she's just going a little far and, and it was interesting to see how they were more reserved even though they had the same kind of goal in a way but she was just like i'm gonna make this happen like taking it upon herself so she did have this extra drive that i thought was very interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing what the emphasis behind it and what's really taking her there and the thing is is like the directness of what she's doing totally makes sense there's the no, 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 no. I'm going to smoke this fucker out. Yeah. Like, and I want to talk about, she actually put plans in place and executed. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck you, Book of Boba Fett. But it's also, <laughs> she's not, she's not acting from fear. Like she's ambitious as fuck and angry. And she's not going to wait around for permission. Right. And so she's playing a game of like, you going to make me step in line. Right. Because even though they're part of the empire, really the only person she's got to worry about pissing off is vader right right but everybody's still trying to pull a rank because they still call her number three inquisitor right? three and, sister three i'm like Damn. and i don't know how the number thing i don't even know if that's a rank or if it's just like you were recruited third so you're number three the grand inquisitor is under vader and then the other ones all report to the grand inquisitor he was a recurring character on rebels he was the primary antagonist i think for the first two seasons and vader showed up like a magnificent bastard and then it was thrawn after that blah blah, blah. but from the characterization of the uh, the other two inquisitors that she's sort of butting heads with it matches sort of their personas but to her making and executing plans i was all for it she yeah. is not just oh, angry at stuff. It's like, no, nah, I'm angry at stuff and I'm going to get results. So I'm pretty sure if I 
kick those garbage cans over there. I'm going to scare the fucking raccoon out. So you guys go and kick the trash cans and scare the raccoon out. Like she put the initial kidnap plan in place. Mm -hmm. She adapted on the fly. I'm like, I'm all on board. Here is a capable, ruthless, driven villain. Yes. More please. Like if, if Boba Fett was half of this, whole different ballgame yeah whole yeah. different ball game. and this just shows it can be done and like i say we're what halfway through and it's just even before this even at the beginning i love when they give explanation of a character not through the actual character right it's almost like this sh or show not tell but also when you get the story from somebody else and i love the fact that how the setup was with the inquisitors looking for a jedi find him in the bar talking about you know what a jedi is a jedi mm. is selfless a jedi well you know whatever he probably would come in here and protect your bar and yourself and you, all you have to do is just put him up and give him food and take you know and he would be your protector almost just telling everything a jedi should be and then they even right. flush out that jedi and and the jedi get kind of flushed out because of those very traits that was brought up in the list and those traits made him flushed him out and put him in a situation where he had to run right so after we see that in the introduction of that Jedi who's doing the Jedi thing, following the Jedi rules, we go see Ben that goes by Ben now. And he mm -hmm. has a simple life working in a factory, cutting up meat, steals a little meat, folds it up, put it in his pocket, goes home and feed it to his camel and whatnot. Next day he's there doing it again. Another guy that he works with is getting short change from the boss and the mm -hmm. boss is being a bully tool. And he looks at him and say, hey, you got anything you want to say about this? You got a problem with this? He just looks at the guy. He doesn't have a problem with it. Goes home, get on the train, do the same thing over and over again. And so you're seeing that we were shown what a Jedi is supposed to, we was told what a Jedi was supposed to do. We were shown what a Jedi does. And then we see the person that is our Jedi and he's none of those things anymore. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was yeah. beautiful and I was glad to see it. They, they took the time to show the contrast right yes. because you've got the other running jedi still kind of doing jedi stuff mm -hmm. being the savior cowboy and ben is just having to swallow that down every day yes every damn day and you know what he's capable right? of and the whole exchange that they had with him and uncle owen like <sighs> Yeah. Owen got some savage burns in there against Obi-Wan, even against the Inquisitor. That moisture farmer has got a steel backbone. Like, you could tell, like, he was sweating it when the lightsaber turned on with the Inquisitor, but he wasn't taking shit from anyone. Yeah. Wasn't taking shit. And he, like, literally could have just, like, yo, he's right there. Yeah. Like, could have sold out Ben in a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. Would have had the, honestly, the biggest threat to Luke's life, just take care of. Right. Because Obi-Wan's just a giant, like, come look at this weird farm I'm hanging out next to, mm -hmm. target on his head. So yeah, the characterization, I think that they've done showing that contrast with where Ben was mm -hmm. to where he is, mm -hmm. it's really, really solid. Yeah, I, I really Speaking of characterization. Okay. Speaking of characterization. What do you think of Baby Leia? <laughs> I was going to try to figure out a nicer way to, <laughs> to get into this. One, I was surprised that they even introduced her 
even though I figured that they was gonna play a role because you know he, you see him kind of spying on the kids that were dropped off so you see him spying on a young Luke and you see him spying on a young Leia just making sure everything is all right you know from afar involved but not involved and so we got to get some story of little Leia what she's up to now I think she said she was 10 years old at this point maybe my issues with the character is the actress and maybe because the actress is a little too young maybe for the words that she's saying is throwing me off or something something's not jiving for me because I've, I've seen young children playing these more uh, mature adult kind of roles and they have they have a look right it, it almost looked like a little person you know look like a little lady or whatnot this actress vivian blair she looked like a little baby. She said she was 10, but I would thought, eh, you look like you're like five or six. You know, she, she really looks really young to me. And so to kind of hear her acting and, and talking the way she was, it kind of threw me off because she looks so, so, so young. And even though I like what she was saying and, and some of the childishness that she did, they kind of had to have it happen to make the story go forward. To me, it just, she she threw me off a little bit. I got more used to her as I saw her, especially like in mm -hmm. episode two. But she looked a little too young for me for all the stuff that she was saying and doing. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. It She she overall worked for me. Okay. But like, so I, I used to teach middle school as well as high school. So that right. I taught sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders. Oh crap. <laughs> Sixth graders, which she would she would roughly be. Yeah. They are so tiny. So tiny. Yes. And then you're like two years later in eighth grade, and it's like, holy crap, you're like a foot taller. What is happening? Like so it it wasn't as much of a cognitive like, oh no, she's too small. It's like yeah. she's a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I thought I thought the lines were pretty damn hilarious for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's with kids like that, especially when they're going to become relevant to the plot. Like the kid has to do something to drive the plot forward. Right. It's always so hard, I think, as a writer to do that without making one the kid dumb. Right. Right. Doing doing the dumb annoying kid thing, which is like you mean like most kids i love kids but it's like they're not adults yet they're gonna do dumb silly foolish things like jumping and... between buildings oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to do it <laughs> you, you set that up i had to <laughs> i mean valid point so yeah the the jumping off the buildings the running that much that far like sure there's bits where it's like she should have run a block and then hit you can make that argument but it's also it's goddamn leia yeah so like uh, honestly already at this point she's way more badass than her brother like <laughs> right. and that carries that carries on like as much as luke goes and like i'm a cool fighter pilot she's like mm -hmm. hello i have a phd and i'm a senator Right. A galactic senator, and I'm part of the rebellion, and right. it's like, um, I, I, I fly, I fly a fighter jet. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, bro. Cool. 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 Like, she's not a pushover. She's right. already a bit of a 
I'm stubborn and like there is that line where Obi-Wan's like you're stubborn and strong-willed and all this sort of stuff he basically says without saying it like you remind me of someone you remind me of your mother basically yeah, yeah. and she's like wait a minute right so I, I thought a lot of their stuff worked yeah. and I just think for the challenge of writing one a vaguely believable child mm -hmm. in an extreme situation they at least didn't err on the oh i'm gonna do dumb stuff yes. like even when she's like i don't trust you i'm running away it's like um i don't know who you are stranger danger thank you yeah. but also now people are showing up with bounty hunt bounties on your head that's not a good sign it's like it's believable that she ran away while he's yeah. trying to protect her. Yeah, and the one thing that she asked for him for proof, he won't do. She says, you know, right. use your force. Prove to me. Right. Make me float. Right. Do something. And he's like, no, I ain't going to do it. So, she already yeah. spotted the lightsaber. Right. Like, right. but yeah, it, it yeah, was so. believable. Yeah, that's fair. It was yeah. believable enough. It's a really hard like threading the needle on that like i said i just brought it up to be funny but i did see that but when i saw it what i automatically thought is sometimes with, the, with these shows especially with these you know like the star wars shows or the disney shows i almost forget that i'm watching kind of a kid's show I'm not saying it's a kid's kid's show because it'd be heavy sometimes like they had that scene where one of the inquisitors cut that woman's hand off Ooh, like, I, like that I, I, was i was surprised they showed that right holy so, crap you know when stuff like that happens and then something kind of silly happens it almost kind of throws me off i almost forget what i'm watching so i always got to right. temper my feelings because i'm like wait a minute all in all, this is kind of like an adventure family show, regardless of how it's dressed up or the lighting or the situation that's right. kind of coming up. Because, like I said, it leans into stuff that's kind of like a like a family kid show. But then you also have stuff where it's showing them where other than in maybe Book of Boba Fett, I never really heard of the spice before. So now, they, you know, there's a spice dealer that came up, you know, came up to him like, hey, are you looking for a girl. And it's kind of like, well, usually girls here don't come back. And I was somebody's daughter as well. And you want some right. spice to take off so, the pain? Okay. So I'm like, so okay. That, that's an extra funny line because that is you and McGregor's daughter. Wow. I saw that posted online a couple days afterwards. Wow. And it's so it's funny that she's that she's also like, yeah, I was someone's daughter too. And it's like, wink. Your <laughs> daughter. That's dope. But it's also funny too, because if you remember back for like Clone Wars, mm -hmm. they have that whole bar scene where they're tracking down the bounty hunter and the kid comes up and he's like, hey, you want death sticks? And Obi-Wan's like, you're going to do something else with your life and never sell death sticks again. So it's just a funny contrast as well, where it's yeah. like, it's a, again, he would have just been like, yeah, you're never going to sell these things again you're gonna rebuild your life you're gonna go off and do it and he's just like ah yep don't know you oh oh okay let's talk about the other don't know you bit when he sees the clone trooper yeah because th there's been so many like i've seen quite a few people like did the did the trooper recognize him or not because like apparently that's one of anakin's troopers mm. like from the paint on yeah. the armor the paint design it was like that's blue and one, white that's yeah, it's blue and white. It's the 501st. It's it's Anakin's old squad. So, and he hung out with Obi-Wan a lot. Yeah. So, it's un like, there's the, oh, there's millions and millions of clones. Mm -hmm. Like, why would Obi-Wan be worried? Because he recognizes the armor. And it might be a clone that actually knows him. Mm -hmm. So, I was like, eh? I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything about it. 
Yeah. It's very cool to see that they brought Boba Fett, basically. It's good to Boba see. Boba Fett, Jango Fett, all the clones. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was another interesting little bit. Also, oh, so uh, one of Leia's guards was actually my buddy Oscar, the one that like ran down the trail and just got shot. Yeah. Like that's my buddy Oscar. He's a stunt double. So like that's right on. Hell, a long ago, he's like, dude, I got a show. I'm in a show. <laughs> Like, I can't say shit, but I'm in a show. That's dope. So, yeah, he got his, his little saying. Um, seeing Flea cast in Star Wars threw me for a fucking loop. Yes. Yes. I was watching it with my daughter, and she was like, that voice sounds familiar. I was like, yeah, because last time you probably heard him was he was taunting Marty McFly. <laughs> Getting him in trouble in Back to the Future. Was he in Back to the Future, too? Yeah, Back in the Future 2 and 3. That was his buddy that got him in trouble. He's the reason why he wrecked his truck at the end and he messed up his hand. He couldn't play the guitar anymore and messed up his life. And he was in the future. He worked with him and he had him like, we got this deal I can get you into and ends up getting him fired. Oh, because... no, 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 no. That's uh... that's Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's Flea. He's the guy? Yes, I thought it was a different a different actor that. Nope. His name was Needles in, in Back to the Future. Oh shit! That's Flea, man. That's Flea. All right. Well, yeah, it was. I thought Flea did a fine job. It's actually fine. Um, But it did change the tone. It did. It did. It it was a little bit of odd stunt casting. Oh, okay. So, Jimmy Smiths. Yes. The de aging could have been a little bit better. It was like, oh, it was awkward. They're doing. They're doing some de aging. (laughs) Because like, it's like, oh, right. He was like, I wouldn't say getting up there, but he was yeah. middle aged when he was in yeah. the prequels. Right. Like he went on, did West Wing and like all this other stuff since goddamn what twenty fucking years or something. Right. So yeah, they probably had to do a little bit of de-aging for him. Yeah, yeah. And it was noticeable. Yeah, but it was good. To, it was good to see him. It was good to see his relationship with Leia. Like I said, I, I wasn't expecting to see much about her and her going ons and what was going on with her. But it was really interesting and cool. Like I said, I thought they wrote her well and stuff. Like I said, I think, like I said, the, the kid just looked really young to me. But other than that, I liked how she handled herself with the other, right? The other, you know, diplomats, kids that was kind of snotty or her cousin and stuff like that. She dealt with and. She was just reading people like a book, and she. But it was, it was, it was. Hey, what was the, cool. the the fucking line? The other kid was like, "You can talk down to anyone that's a lower life form." So she's like, "So I can talk down to you." Right. <laughs> right. The and the thing is, of the two kids, mm-hmm. Leia or Luke, mm-hmm. the one that I think you can do more character development with, more interesting things with, is Leia because. Sure. She's the rich kid. She's directly involved with politics through her adoptive parents. Like, there's all these things that you can explore with her. And poor Luke is just going to be a moisture farmer kid. Like, he can maybe get into shenanigans, but not crazy shenanigans. I think the other nice thing with with exploring Leia, one of the concerns I had is like, is this going to be another show that's just on Tatooine? No, okay, so we get some time on Alderaan. And oh, this other planet. We're going to a third planet. And then we're going to end up probably on a fourth planet. Like, okay, cool. We're going to get to see some other places. It's always interesting when Leia got adopted because we were wondering, like, who and why. And then 
this was the reason to pull Ben back into the fold, you know? Mm-hmm. Got a job for you. The only person we could trust with this. We can't let anybody know who she is because, you know, because of who she is. Right. And, and so we need you to saddle up. It, it, get that it lightsaber made and, sense. And it actually yes. made sense. Right. Yes. It's like we can't we, we can't make a big deal out of this because we don't want anyone looking too close at who our adopted daughter right. is. Right. Like it yeah. has to be you, buddy. Sorry. And what I thought was an interesting callback was the Jedi that initially they showed in the first episode that we kind of got an introduction to. He comes back and he follows Ben and sees that, realizes who Ben is and kind of confronts him and like, hey, you know, what's next? I know who you are. And he's kind of telling him, right? You're one of the greats, General. What you need to do is is go in the middle of the desert, bury your lightsaber and act like everything's fine. Forget about all of it. Go on about your life or whatnot. And I thought it was very interesting that when it was time for him to suit back up, you saw him in the middle of the desert, digging up his lightsaber, mm-hmm. you know, just like he had told that kid, you know, that other, the other Jedi. So I thought it was kind of interesting. The information that he gave that kid is the information or suggestion he took himself. Yeah. Yeah. It is a nice, it's a nice way of foreshadowing and calling back to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it wasn't just a random suggestion. It was, and the funny thing is the scene where he's digging it up Yeah. before he starts like pulling the box out. I, I totally misread it. I'm like, Oh, did he bury his Jedi starfighter? Oh, that would have been dope. But now he buried his lightsaber. Like, okay. <laughs> but it, it also would have been the wrong choice because that would have been super yes. high profile. I'm going to go fly around the Jedi Starfighter. <laughs> no right. big deal. Just ignore me. I thought that was a, a good choice. You were going to bring up something. Though. I was going to ask you. So when he's in those tough streets and everything, and he kind of gets into it with a couple folks, what did you think about his fighting style? Oh, all the close combat stuff? Yes. I liked it. Uh, like, I wasn't like, why are the Jedi suddenly doing close combat? It's like... Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> when I saw that, I thought of you. Because I was wondering if, if you would have thought it was too modern. Because usually we don't see the Jedi's fight. Or we don't see anybody really fight like that. So I was kind of curious on what that would be. Not to say that they wouldn't necessarily have a system or anything. But we never see that part of it. So when I saw that, I was really wondering what would be your take on that. So I don't recall anything from any of the lore, the legacy stuff, any of the new stuff that's mm-hmm. like, oh, and they had a a uh, unarmed combat system. Nope. There's nothing in the lore. At the same time, and doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. That's true. Because for me, it like, again, done fucking martial arts since I was a kid. Right. It totally makes sense. When I eventually trained my kiddo, I'm not going to start with weapons. <laughs> Go start unarmed. <laughs> Work your way up. Right? So the idea that Kenobi also knows how to do unarmed combat like didn't throw me off at all. On a similar note, also, he was shooting people left and right through multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's also like people will be like, oh my god, but Jedi don't use it. Um, you remember his fight against uh, Grievous? General Grievous? Mr. Forearms with the lightsabers? How did he win that fight? He shot him in the chest. Right. Shot him in the heart. So, it's just they don't prefer blasters. Yeah. Like, you can use them. You got the same excellent reflexes. Mm-hmm. So that didn't throw me off. 
on the unarmed combat there's a small 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 moment in that fight where he's trying to break layout yeah. um and one of the two guys ah, not transdoshians i forget what they're called zambarians it's the same race as um darth maul right okay. they have the spikes on the head mm-hmm. and so he gets in close and he like throws the guy and as he does that he basically palms the guy's head and you see him like actually go ow like because he palmed one of the spikes as he was grappling with oh. him so it's like ah god don't expect those there i forget what the line was but he like has this just one-off line of like the guy had fucking spikes on his head why does he have spikes on his head it's, it's something along the lines far more i'm half mismer remembering but it was just a very funny thing of like oh he's grappling oh he has yeah. fucking spikes on his head rude right um but yeah that the, the unarmed combat obi-wan using a blaster and for a lot of it he wasn't also just dead shotting people right. like against stormtroopers he would fairly quickly dead shot him in one mm-hmm. like we see when they go to that other planet but when it's up on the rooftop with all the bounty hunters and everything else, he's doing his best while under fire to just return fire, let alone hit anything. Yeah. Um, again, that's always one of those tricky balance things of not just making all your main characters super competent all the time, where they're just yeah. like bullseye, 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 bullseye. Yeah, because you also don't want. To and take he's not the... using the force. Right, right. And you also don't want to take away the threat of stormtroopers because sometimes in a big situation, you could have them almost comedically get taken down. But in this kind of situation, you need to feel like it's some kind of threat. So, you know, you need them to be somewhat competent. Right. So I, I thought the way they did them was cool. What did you think about, he bumped to a kid and the kid's like, do you need help? Like, I know a Jedi. Oh, yeah. If you got the right the, amount the, of money. The whole fake Jedi line. So that turned out to be way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I forget the the name of the the actor. Yeah, come on, come on, something. And, yeah, he was I'm, in the Eternals. Exactly. He's a hilarious, hilarious comedian. The second he showed up, like I just rolled my eyes. It's like this fucking guy. Yeah. Is <laughs> not anything against him. It's just he is a comedian, yeah. and I think when it eventually took a turn, mm-hmm. right when he shows up later. Yeah. I think it worked because the comedic bits just sort of fell away. Yes. Right. And he yes. played it straight because yes. it's supposed to be, I'm hoodwinking these people, mm-hmm. right? I'm using magnets. I'm using the I force got... through the walkie talkie. I'm using the force. Through... <laughs> right. Like I'm... doing all this sort of stuff. He even said, I'm using, I'm Jedi mind tricking you. He actually said that. <laughs> right. It's, it's hilarious. And, and Obi-Wan's just watching like this motherfucker is right. playing these people. And he's like, you're going to work for me. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck your shit up because I'm an actual goddamn Jedi. Right. And he's a little bit of a dick about it, but uh, understandably so. But when it turns out that this guy's like, no, I'm actually helping these people. It's just like the razzle dazzle to like get their confidence going so that they can go along to the next place. And yeah. We are getting tons of money out of them because it's fucking expensive to have like an underground railroad for fucking Jedi. Right. The fact that he shows up later to help out Obi-Wan is like, this is where you need to go. You need to get out of here. Right. Because right. right. and he calls him Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, yes. and he has 
Ben hasn't said jack shit about who he is or anything else. It's like, I know who you are. Yeah. And I'm then not he, selling you out. And it also said a lot when, because uh, I think the thing is Haja was the name, was his name of his character. Obi-Wan said to him, Haja, he said, you know my name. Like it lit, he lit up that he remembered his uh -huh. name. He remembered my name. I thought that was beautiful. Right? Yeah. So he's like, wait a minute. You, yeah, it's like you're, you were at the temple. You were da da da. So the other cool thing that comes out of that, so the kid and the mom that are going, you know, that are mm -hmm. being hoodwinked that we think. Yeah. So you remember I was talking about that, that X-Wing book series and there's this hotshot pilot, right? He yeah. has to go through all this sort of stuff and, you know, they have to like take him down a notch as instructors when he starts and go through the books and it turns out that he's like grandson of a Jedi and mm -hmm. all this sort of da 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 that's him are you serious wait wait how... that's him wait wait how did it's you know corn horn what so i uh, i didn't catch it i did not catch it i saw a video and someone was like all right so we're gonna lay all the things out one i think he actually just calls him corn okay right which is the character's name yeah also in the credits his mother's character name is corn horn's mother's name is like nyla or something like that oh wow so the other thing is that when they get to the other planet where the underground Jedi Railroad is, and there's mm -hmm. all the names and stuff written on the walls, right? Um, I think one of the names, either that someone read off the wall or was actually spoken by Obi-Wan. I don't think it's the one that was spoken. But one of the names that's written on the wall is uh, Halcyon Horn or something like that. It's his grandfather that was a Jedi. Oh, wow. So they're getting corn horn out wow. into, yeah. So it's like one of the things where it's like everyone who's a legacy person that's like a fan of that character. It's yeah. like, <gasps> so that's it means cool. later, later, he might show up with the other shows that are more in line with like um, the Mandalorian timeline or something. Like that. Yeah. So we'll see. It might just be a little nod, but, but it, it shows that that, character is actually like funneling other jedi everyone didn't immediately get wiped out so sort of seeing that and, and then vader shows up <laughs> man that whole reveal it, that, that was a trip because when Rivas mentioned like you know you know like he's looking for you and ken's looking for you and he's just like and then the eyes. He just like, and he started having flashbacks and stuff. And I just love, they keep showing these scenes of Vader and Vader's inside the chamber. And he got the mouthpiece on breathing. And it was just like, like he didn't expect to hear that name. She's a good hunter because she just throws everybody off their game. She just knows the right uh -huh. thing to say. She knows right throughs the turn and to have him off his game so bad. And in, in a way, she flushed him out in the first place, knowing that if she stole the right kid or made the right, right scenario, like she had the long game. It's a trick. The other, the the other interesting thing which I was not expecting was Reva explicitly knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Right? I I assumed most of the Inquisitors were just gonna be like Darth Vader's in charge. And they don't know that Darth Vader is a fallen Jedi or any of the rest of it. Clearly she knows, right? She alludes to their connection, right? Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. So that wouldn't be common knowledge? 
it happened off planet so i guess it would only be by stories that somebody would say that that's what happened or i would imagine would it's it only going it's only going to be a few of the inquisitors how they no one else is yeah well because she's still got access to the jedi archive should be my guess before okay. they were destroyed okay right? she might also just fucking know Right, because she was a Padawan. Yeah. So she knew that Anakin and Obi-Wan were two exalted Jedi's in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Right? But I think she explicitly refers to records and things like that and da da da. Yeah. Um, I know she knew when he said that that lit up. Because when she said Vader, she that was one figured, thing. When she said but Anakin, she figured like, out who Vader's kid was. She figured out who Leia was. Yes. Because it was in the records, the kids. So she fucking backtracked and found Leia. Now, whether or not she's told, yes, I was curious. Vader, because yeah. it seems like it seems like in the original trilogy, Vader's got no fucking clue that Va- that Leia is his daughter at all. Wait, he didn't know that he had twins. He oh. knew that he had twins. Wait, because the way he laid it out, she was having while she was having the babies, he was dying. Yes. Right? So he, okay. he was essentially becoming Vader. Yes, yes. So, you know, so Anakin was dying, Vader's being birthed at the same time when she was having those kids, the way they kind of shot it, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So interesting. He didn't he all he knew is that Padme died. Yeah. So he presumably assumed the kids died. Possible. Possible. Right? So when it turns out that the f- some kid that blew up the first Death Star is named Luke Skywalker, you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ah, uh, <laughs> fuck you, Obi-Wan. Really? Why wouldn't they change their names if uh, they're in hiding? The first thing you do is change. Even people who look Ben changed his name. Yeah, but I was just saying, usually people change their name. Even if they don't change their hair color or anything else, they'll change their name. So why? Well, at least that worked with Leia, right? Because we don't, we don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's anything in the continuity that establishes that Anakin and Padme had picked out first names already. Mm -hmm. Right. So we don't know if he had just been Luke, Mister Moisture Farmer, or Luke (laughs) Owens. Right, Right. or whatever Owens and Baru are. If he just hadn't had the Skywalker name. Vader would just been like, ah, some fucking random kid who's shit, right? Mm. Princess Leia Organa. Yeah. Don't recognize that name. Like, That's true. I know the Organas are powerful and all around, but I don't know shit about them. So it's going to be interesting to see how that information does not get passed on by Reva. Yeah. And the only, only spoiler I have for episode four is it seems to be there is a scene back at the Inquisitor Palace or whatever it's called where Vader appears to be force choking Reva. So maybe she's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to tell you she's yours. I just knew she was important to Obi-Wan. Fuck Mm. you. Mm. Right. And that's how Vader never puts the two things together. Quite possible. Um, Yeah. I like how they use Vader in uh, like episode three, the whole hunting thing, the whole thing when he came in the middle of the town and he was just taking people out, snapping necks and yo force choke it. They use my, okay, I don't think they're gonna do this, but my fear was is that we saw what happened with overexposure of Boba Fett. So we mm. know the quiet, quiet, silent types. Let them stay that, right? 
we don't need to see him too many times. We don't need to see too much too much engagement. And so, even though we saw a lot of Vader, including once again the birth of him, how he came together and they put his parts mm-hmm. on and stuff, which I'm not getting tired of. I love seeing it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Um, it's the most tragic suit up sequence. Exactly. So so seeing that and seeing him, I'm enjoying it. The scenes they had with him, I'm enjoying it too. Um, but like I said, I just hope they keep it sparingly. Because sometimes you just see stuff a little too much. It could turn on you so fast. So I, I like the mystique of him. Short on words, big on actions, and then out. If he's there, it's the handle business, and then he's out. So I, I hope that they continue to do it like that because even with that movies what was that movie rogue one look look at you look at you look at stab stab my head dude stab my head dude (laughs) that whole movie it went to another level for that three minutes of (laughs) the straight line the straight line nothing else exists it's a straight line and just to see the carnage and the dedication to task was just so beautiful and he was a right a force choke away from his from his goal he was just so powerful so powerful so sparingly especially with a character like that means so much yes he was yes he was he's a land shark (laughs) right and and i think at least from what we've seen in episode three they didn't they didn't ruin that no so when he's coming down the street and just like force choking people this this is a monster this is a monster which is what he's supposed to be he's supposed to be monstrous on the outside and monstrous on the inside right (laughs) we know way down the road he gets a last minute i'm yeah i'm gonna switch back but he's in full-on monster mode and he's gonna be like that for another decade at least right and I, I think we could maybe see some overexposure, but we'll see. When he does, though, start catching up to Obi-Wan. And it is a very interesting thing with lightsabers is that during the day, mm-hmm. they're just another light source. Right. But at night, they ruin your night vision. It was beautifully <laughs> so, shot. Oh, it like... Obi-Wan is like, I, I want to be like, yo, dude, that thing ignites in a split second. Why mm-hmm. don't you turn it off and protect your night vision? I appreciate that we can see your, your face, but you are literally holding a flashlight in your eyes. Right. You can't see. You can't see, which is the whole point is Vader's in the dark and he's hunting you. Yes. And you know it and he knows it. Yes. And even though he hasn't run into Vader before, he's already on his way to old man. Obi-Wan. He's out of practice. He's off his game. And he remembers how powerful Anakin is. Even though Anakin Mm -hmm. is probably somewhat diminished, losing a couple limbs, whatever, (laughs) through the dark side, he's terrifying. Yes, he is. And the way they lit that thing and the lights and the thing where he would just kind of try to get away because he just straight up ran. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. flew, I'm not fooling with him. I'm out of here. And then Vader's doing the whole supernatural evil monster thing where every time he looks up, he's behind him or on the right. side of him. No matter Caught where he turns, got in right. front of you. Exactly. He's right there, you know, and he's just kind of like a cat messing with a mouse. I love that part. And I also love when, he, um, when Ben asked him, he's like, you know, the uh, iconic words like, you know, what have you become? And then Vader was like, what you made me. 
Oh. <laughs> like, they, they could have done, like, stronger, you know, something like that about power, right? Yeah. I've become more powerful. Yeah. But it's, I'm throwing back in your face what happened to me because yeah. I'm blaming you. And it's like, motherfucker, I told you I had the high ground. Yeah. I told you. And you yeah. jumped anyway. Yeah. But it's like, I'm blaming you. He still, still is not taking any accountability. He's still putting it on other people, right? Yeah. He's still in his hate. Um, the other sort of funny thing. So there's the, there's the Vader that is terrifying and ruthless and driven and focused. And yet <laughs> a lot of people hold that the, the expanded Anakin that we get to see through the clone war animated series yeah. is Mr. I'm going to do this dramatically, right? It's not an intentional character trait necessarily, yeah. but it's like, if there's a way to put a little flair on it, he's going to do a little flair on it. Mm -hmm. So when he's got Obi-Wan at his mercy, and he, I think he's holding him up in the air. And then he pulls open the crate of what I'm guessing is like fuel pellets and mm -hmm. strews it across yeah. the ground and then ignites it with his lightsaber. Cause it's just like, he should have just been like, yeah, I'm going to pull you over here and I'm going to just chop you up and kill you. But that's not what he wants to do. No. He's going to, he wanted to do to Obi-Wan what happened to him. He's he barbecued him alive, right? <laughs> Yeah. So he's force dragging him through the fires. And part of me at first is like, uh, Obi-Wan didn't have any burns, but then it's going to be, it was his shoulder exactly. and everything else. So it's yeah. like, well, he could have had all sorts of burn scarring just covered up by his rags and his robe and everything else later. Right. So it works. It right. works. It's like, I'm going to kill you fucking slowly. Yeah. The only part is the end of that scene where the droid shows up and the other the other lady shows up and get obi-wan out of there and vader just kind of stands there it's kind of like yo land shark what happened right i know right. you don't like fire but you can go around that force jump over it right but if you go from the close-up shot to the wide shot again you can just walk around it <laughs> exactly exactly we already saw this got all the stormtroopers yeah. we saw the establishment only, shots we know how wide 30 feet apart yeah. like hey stormtroopers yeah. go run around it yeah but it's kind of like since it's a tight shot then fires yeah. all over so you know and, and you know it, it might be just so. like all right it's a writing thing just let it go or it's yeah. like vader's like i'm gonna enjoy this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna find out who else is helping you? I'm gonna kill all them too. And that's what I'm saying with the tone switch up. You go from a kid arguing like, I don't know who you are. You trying to kidnap me to, you know, getting cooked and getting drugged through fire. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot. And they do a great job of balancing, but I'm just saying it's a lot going on in, in these shows and keeping momentum, keeping tone, um, keeping the story, keeping us focused on it, keeping it interesting. And they've been and doing a good job so far. The nice thing is, unlike the book of Boba Fett, there's no fat. There's no fat. There's no wasted anything. There's yeah. so far, again, we're only halfway through, but there's no like, oh, they set up this thing and then didn't do anything with it, mm -hmm. right? Almost everything that gets set up within an episode tends to get resolved 
or explained or used within that episode yes and it might carry over the next one but there's no just like random small things that just don't add up it's very tight there's no fat so far and so episode three pretty much ends on back to the beginning of i think episode two or episode three where reva gets her hands back on young leia they're trying to get out of there she's trying to escape get to that ship and of course the pilot who's supposed to be taking them off world is taken out because reva got there first and young leia is back in the arms of the enemy right and you know there's one of the things that we talked about i think with book of boba fett is like there were so many times where they could have just like done a thing and yes. not necessarily explained all the all of the setup for it mm-hmm. i think i also like heard it referenced to on like a, a podcast where they were talking about like uh, i think it was oceans 11 or something and there's this small bit where like it was a george clooney character just knows a guy mm-hmm. right he knows a guy that works at the place that has the plans for the building that they need to break into. And so there's no like, I'm going to explain for five minutes our intricate and deep backstory about why you're going to let me go into this place. It's just like, I know a guy. Right. Right. So even Reva somehow jumping ahead to the end of that Warren and finding the pilot, I could be like, okay, so she could just figure out where all the ships are right either this connects to the spaceport or there's all these other landing pads i'll just have the ship in orbit tell me where the closest landed ship is that's not at the spaceport and i'm gonna go there like i can do that work right it's not believability breaking also other option is the fact that she mind stripped haja who had all the information i'm not going to tell you anything and she's up there, you know, digging in his mind oh, well, to get the that, answers. That could have worked too. She got the answers from him. He got that because he said he wasn't going to tell. She she got I something also, from him. I also wouldn't have killed Haja because she does kill him, right? I don't remember him dying. If I was doing actual intelligence work, like that's what she's doing. She's doing intelligence work. She's just yes. powered by the force, right? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be offing people the second I got the first fucking clue out of them because there yeah. might be 20 more goddamn clues. Exactly. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to use my lightsaber cups, put them on you. Mm-hmm. Don't move or they cut your hands off. You're going with me and I'm going to interrogate the crap out of you for the next 12 years, right? But it's just a better show from the first just a better show yeah from the first shot you could tell i was impressed just from the recap of the clip from the prequels when i saw that i'm like okay i think i'm in safe hands this time just from that alone was a big deal to me so there's a moment where him and Lair are on sort of the, the underground railroad planet right it's being strip mined by the empire right and, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get to the spaceport and the, the ground transport shows up with the mole man. And Leia's like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to the port, blah, 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 blah. And Obi-Wan's like, ah, fuck, let's not talk to anyone. Yeah. He's like, all right, fine, we'll get on the transport. All right, fine. And he comes around to the back to step up into the back of the, the truck. Right. And there's an Imperial flag there, right? And within the shot, it's... Like, it's like, oh, fuck, whose car are we getting on, mm-hmm. right? And it foreshadows, because, of course, that guy is going to, like, get to the checkpoint. Like, you should check out those two. Their story stinks. Mm-hmm. But I saw that shot of Obi-Wan looking at the Imperial flag and being like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
sort of captured just that still image and being like talking about it in real terms for us today in the real world of like yeah some people have flags on their truck that tell you that they mm-hmm. enslaved your ancestors or if it's a nazi flag killed your ancestors mm-hmm. and that is a thing mm-hmm. so it's like it has way more potential context than just that beat for obi-wan of like oh fuck yeah right but it's like it's somewhat baffling to me sometimes with all the people that cosplay for you know star wars stuff and people dress up as jedi and people dress up as stormtroopers and you know there's some people that have like they got both they got all all, like five different outfits from the good guys the bad guys whatever in between but also there's part of me like how i get the cool factor for the imperials but they're the baddies it's like i get it that they're not like like they do charity work right they're engaging with the the thing that they're geekery about Mm -hmm. like i think they also they know like oh yeah we're dressing up as the bad guys they look cool but it's like we're not about being on board with the bad guys yeah. But it's also like they are the fucking bad guys. I would never dress up as one of the bad guys. Like they get right. the cooler outfits, right? But but it's a trip though. How you know? Because even with that woman that end up saying like, "How come are you helping us?" And she's like, "I was in it, got far into it, and realized what it was in the middle of it." Right. I think, I think a lot of things work like that. Things are so big, it just pulls yes. stuff in from the sheer force. But I, I mean, you I, agree with everything that it does. You just pulled in because you know, right, of different reasons. Well, like, and and one that actress, I, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. She's mm-hmm. really good. I'm hoping we get to see her carry. Me too. Forward without getting killed off immediately. And again, like Finn, she's got an interesting character story now. Yes. Right? It wasn't just, aha, I've always been part of the rebellion. It's like, nope. I signed up for the Imperials because the Republic just became the Empire and they're doing good. And then, oh, fuck, we're doing a whole bunch of not good. Yeah. And for her to decide, like, I hope we get more yeah. of that, like, what was the thing? Yeah. What was the last straw? Right? Not just, yeah, we did a bunch of bad stuff and then I changed my mind, but like exploring that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we got a lot of people probably going through that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Her name was Atala. But yeah, I think a lot of times, um, the way things or the way propaganda is if you're fed a certain kind of thing you and you and you have everything encompassed in your in your little bubble then nothing nothing will really come in that's going to contradict it so if there's nothing to break that bubble or make a window in there you have mm-hmm. no reason to think differently or to change why you know? would you question it yeah you, you don't know you just know you're rolling along until you stick your head out of the bubble and you look back and see all the stuff that you destroyed while you were rolling forward all the damage right. that's in, in you know in the wake and, and hopefully because usually what it takes is you gotta dehumanize a lot of people to get to that point yeah. and hopefully once you realize oh fuck there were people the whole time oh mm-hmm. and instead of just like nope they weren't they weren't people everything was fine everything Mm -hmm. was fine they weren't people to actually like acknowledge all the fucking harm you did yeah 
Yeah. Like for yeah, then her to get to her point of like, and now I'm gonna do something about it. Right. Like that. That's that is a flawed character that is hopefully not not done tons of horrible stuff. But if she has, yeah. she's turning around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That maybe doesn't absolve her. She probably can't even absolve herself, assuming how bad it is. But right. Right. That that's a more interesting thing to look at. So. Sure, sure. All right, so that catches us up from episode part one, part two, and part three. And so we have part four, five, and six, and that's going to be it. So, so far from what we've seen, what's your overall feelings of it? And what do you expect for the last three? I think feelings-wise is pretty damn positive. Mm -hmm. What can they do in three episodes? Or what would you like to see? Or you have any well, guesses or anything like that? My my guess is that at least at least temporarily Leia's gonna get put back on Alderaan. I I, I think that's part part of the resolution for season one mm-hmm. is she's out of play. I think Obi-Wan's not necessarily going to immediately settle back to Tatooine. I imagine he's going to... Probably this Jedi underground thing is going to entice him. But what is going to be the initial wrap-up for Season 1? I think we're definitely going to have to have another more drawn-out confrontation with Vader. I think there's going to have to be a little bit more dialogue between them. A little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we need, and I think we're going to get probably episode five. Um, we need to understand why Riva is Reeving, right? Why is she so seemingly hellbent on either genuinely finding and getting revenge on Kenobi, mm-hmm. or that is merely a stepping stone to do something with Vader? It doesn't seem like she's dumb enough to think she can take Vader. So I don't know if she's got some other ambition or she's got to resolve something with Kenobi. Okay. A interesting possible conclusion that would then take us into season two is you do have some sort of confrontation between Kenobi and Vader, and that doesn't get resolved, shocker. But there's also a confrontation between Kenobi and Reva. Mm-hmm. I could see a theme where young Reva, the little Padawan girl, felt like she was abandoned by Obi-Wan and the Jedi Order. And Obi-Wan is trying to protect little girl Leia. And so there might be some sort of sympathy bridge there where he didn't protect Reva, but he's trying to protect this girl. And you might get some sort of dialogue connection between Reva's grievance at Kenobi. And kind of like we were talking about earlier with sort of people showing up to arguments with feelings and grievances. He might win the battle not through combat, but just by acknowledging her grievances, mm-hmm. right? And like validating them, like, yes, I failed you. I failed 
I failed Anakin. I failed a whole bunch of people. I failed myself. Like, if I would say in his depression, in his own grief, just like, yeah, yeah, no, you're legit understandably pissed off that me or someone else wasn't there for you. And that just takes the rage out of her sails. Mm -hmm. Right? It may not be enough to get her to like switch right back to the light side, but it might make her in season two just extra conflicted in what she has to do as an Inquisitor working for Vader. Right? Because I think it, it would be one, not a valid switch, and also a waste of dramatic potential for her to just go, oh, you listen to my feel feels. Okay, I'm fine now. But just to see the object of her rage, acknowledge mm-hmm. her rage and pain as valid, I think will make for some good television. But then also leads into her maybe flirting with getting out of the dark side. It's going to be really hard to not to just be like, wait, you're not all angry at the time we're going to kill you right now. Right. But it'd be interesting to see because right. otherwise have to come up with a new and interesting antagonist and like they've done a great job with Riva and we're just getting started I don't think she's gonna be tossed out killed or anything else like that in season one or resolved or redeemed it's just too fucking quick I think it'd be a waste of a character and a waste of an actress I think she's doing a great job so damn my thoughts and I agree with what you said. First of all, I really enjoyed the show. I think I was a little bit, um, even though I was excited about it, I was a little hesitant in the way because I, I think I was a little, little uh, shell shocked from the book of Boba Fett. So, <laughs> Justifiably but, so. <laughs> right, right. But quickly after I saw how it was shot, and like I said, the introduction with the, um, the recap and everything, and just the way the characters was cared for. I felt safe to, to enjoy and open up and kind of just kind of go along for the ride. I like the flow of it. It really felt like a movie, it really looked like a movie uh, that All just right. kept continuing. And so for that, I, I'm really enjoying it. I think that they didn't fall into a whole bunch of like TV show tropes. It feels more like a big movie cut up into pieces versus a little bit thing here, stop, you know, resolve, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you're just going through the journey and it's and it feels natural and not like these separate pieces that they just trying to jam together by a situation. It really feels they, like they a could movie they could up. honestly just like edit it all together into exactly. one long movie and it would exactly. work. Exactly, exactly. And it really feels like that. And for that I appreciate it. And I think it's gonna help them stay on point, you know, easier than in the past show. As far as what the future is for this. Since they have, well, I'm assuming that they have Leia again, it's going to be where he got to step things up and either go get her, go get her personally, her himself or, or something, or maybe uh, call in some, some help with the mission. Who? I'm not for sure. I'm not for sure. Curious about what's going to happen with Reva. Like you said, I would, I, I think eventually she will go back to the light side for a lot of the reasons, like you said, getting more of an understanding, seeing what Ben is going through for Leia and seeing that he's actually a broken person and not because he, you know, the Jedi's just abandoned them or anything like that. Because even with that, even with the introduction where you saw how the Jedi was just fighting and couldn't win just because you know, to the death, it wasn't like they were abandoned. Because the, they, the, they, the Jedi that was fighting in that, the adult yes, Jedi, yes, that 
that was done really well. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And and even though they were doing the best they could, it was just overwhelmed by just the onslaught of troopers and the laser fire and stuff. And so I'm really interested to find out what the issue, the real issue is, because she had to have seen if that's like you were saying her, which which is a great call, man, because I didn't put that together, even though I did realize it was a little brown girl. And I was just surprised and wondering the intentions of it. Um, I'm wondering what the issue would be if she actually saw that. But maybe they got on the other side of it and they had to hide out and nobody came to rescue them. And maybe as a kid, you don't think of the consequences of stuff. Like, you know, they may not have just known you were out there. It's so quick to be like, you did this to me when you don't really think of the big problems, you know, right. that, that somebody else is dealing with. So, you know, something as simple as somebody not showing up could be a million different reasons other than they didn't care about you. Right. I mean, to put it in a very smaller contemporary context is why didn't you respond to my text? Like, a thousand different reasons why I didn't I didn't see it immediately I got yeah. distracted I had to deal with other things my phone was dead like yeah. for a kid though they're gonna jump to you left me there you yeah. abandoned me and I was like well no I didn't know you were alive I checked out the temple after it was attacked remember I sent out that message don't come back to the temple like I can't be everywhere like yeah, it's very understandable as an adult to be like, oh, there was other shit going on. Yeah, yeah. But as a kid, it's like, uh, hello, I'm helpless. Right. Either you're there or you're not. Right. And then depending on the matters. kid, you could be there and you still get to, you know, get treated <laughs> like he wasn't there. So Right. <laughs> just depend on the on the on the child. But um but yeah, so I'm just curious to find out what, what the issue is uh with her truly but she's been very interesting. I was surprised that she became such a player in this. It's interesting. And like I said, she's not the, the, you know, your usual kind of antagonist. It's interesting. It's interesting. But I, I'm digging what I'm seeing so far. The one, one of the things that... It's so tricky getting an interesting sort of Star Wars antagonist. Yes. Because they're usually so locked down. Like their their anger is definitely there. Like you see yes. that so many times. Vader, right? Darth Maul. Like he's really locked down until he's in the animated series. Mm-hmm. But like even the Inquisitors that you would see on like the Rebel show and stuff like that, they're they're containing that anger right right? but reva is refreshing in that she is almost a loose cannon yeah like at any point you could see her losing her cool and just going to town on someone she's always at that point when she's intimidating the people on tatooine when she's just like fuck it i'm killing the grand inquisitor like boop opportunity fuck you you're not getting in my way like she is so angry yeah. Right, but it's working uh, though. It's not like she's getting sloppy situations because exactly. Of it. It's just revealing. She's, it's really she's working. Riding that wave, yeah, yeah. she is riding that wave. The other ones have a lot more fear going on. They're yeah. angry at her because she's doing better than them, but they're just 
I need a Snickers. Uh, like that, that's that's the thing. It, it, those characterizations can just fall into that of I'm just angry. I'm grumpy, but she is enraged and writing that, and it is fascinating to see. Yeah, it is. It is. Whew. This was a good one, man. This is a good one. I'm excited for the next few episodes. Me too. I gotta... Then we're going to have two more to go. So we could play it by ear, maybe depending on what happens in episode four. But either we could wait till the last three happen, then we talk about it at the end, and we just group them together like we did this time, or we could just do an individual episode for four, five, and six. So let's play it by ear, because it might okay. be like we watched episode four and like, oh, that, that was good. Or it might be like, we need to get on and talk about it now, because <laughs> I got feel feels. Right, I got right. feel feels I need to express. I can't wait for five <laughs> and six. Okay. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. But right on, man. It was great catching up with you once again. Like I said, I, I love these shows and stuff, but even more so, I love our conversations. And get a chance to catch up with you as always, man, which is always a treat. I enjoy your energy. Yeah, ditto that a thousand percent. All right. So that was Jay and Ryan talking about, and this is easy. I don't have to worry about the titles of the names because they're part one, part two, and part right. three Yeah, of the show Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi! Until next time. Peace. Out. Jay. If you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan, please check out our episodes where we talked about the book of Boba Fett, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the movie Batman. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace. Thanks for listening, and please like and subscribe. Be sure to check out past and future episodes of this show, along with my other shows entitled The Movie Bench Quarterbacking Podcast and The J and Podcast. Available now on all streaming platforms. Until next time, peace.